Amen. Appreciate you being in church tonight. Appreciate the Lord. And whatever you need, He knows how to give it to you. And whenever you need. Take your Bibles tonight and uh, go with us to the book of Matthew, chapter number 5. Matthew, chapter number 5 tonight. Blessed are the persecuted. Blessed are they that are persecuted is our text, Matthew chapter 5 and uh, verse number 10. And uh, probably tonight, Lord willing, we'll close out the Beatitudes and then we'll go on to the next verses in the, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount tonight. But I want to continue in dealing with this matter of persecution. We started it last week. And uh, I want to, Lord willing, complete it tonight. We've been uh, seated for a little while. If you will, stand with us. Um, I had a, uh, I, I usually have my phone where uh, I, I try, try not to wear this smartwatch uh, to church. And I forgot to take it off. And uh, it, my phone went to buzzing and I knew it because, because it was on my wrist. And I swore up and down I wouldn't ever have one for a long time. I thought one phone in my pocket was enough, and I got one in my pocket and on my wrist. And it went to buzzing, and it was a bill collector, or not a bill collector, a uh, uh, scammer, one of them scam calls. I say bill collector. They used to call me. They don't call me no more. Praise the Lord. That's a good place to get when they don't have your number no more, don't need it no more. But they used to call me. Old habits die hard, and so I... But it was one of them scammers called me. I just answered the phone and let them listen to how complete I was in Christ. And uh, usually they hang up pretty quick and they listen for about a minute and a half. I just watched my phone let them listen. To, I'm, I'm glad I'm complete in Christ tonight. Amen. Matthew chapter 5 and uh, verse number 10. Matthew 5 and verse number 10. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. Well, that seems like a conundrum. When men, let's, let's read it again. When men revile you, Rejoice and be exceeding glad. That, that exceeding glad, I looked it up this afternoon, it, it literally means. Now y'all are not going to believe this. Some of you will. Some of you practice this in church. Some of you are way too formal to believe this. Some of you are way too uh, Methodist-y to, 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 to practice this. But here's what exceeding glad, it means to jump for joy. Rejoice, jump, the Lord commanded his people to jump for joy. Well, I reckon it's all right if we praise the Lord in the house of God. I reckon it's all right if we praise the Lord when we're not in the house of God. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. Blessed are ye when men shall persecute you. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. Blessed are ye when men shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. Well, most of us ain't figured out how to rejoice when our bills are paid and food's on the table and, and our kids get saved and we got a Christian school to send our family to and we got a good church to go to and we got a King James Bible in our hand. We can't rejoice over the good things. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Let's pray tonight. Lord, we love you and we thank you. We ask you to help us. You have, and we trust that you will. Now, Lord, in the preaching, give me uh, wisdom and unction and leader. Uh, lead me, Lord, uh, in, in the words you'd have me to say and the, and the thoughts you'd have us to give tonight. Uh, preach to our hearts, oh God, we pray. And we'll thank you, Lord. This is a weighty matter. Uh, this is a matter, Lord, that honestly I feel, uh, I feel is above my pay grade. 
Uh, Lord, I, I, don't, I don't believe tonight that I know a whole lot about this subject. Certainly not by much experience. And so, Lord, I'll need the Spirit of God to preach through me, to use me, to convey this truth. I, I can't come in here tonight, Lord, and say I, I've experienced on many areas all of these things. And many, many uh, could and many can. But, Lord, I've not faced a whole lot of persecution and so, Lord, I, and I'm not looking for it. But, Lord, when it comes, help us, Lord, to be Christians and help us to rejoice because you said we could and we should. Lord, I thank you tonight for the goodness of God. Help us in Christ's name. Amen. You can be seated. Blessed are the persecuted. The last of these uh, Beatitudes, the eighth uh, of, of these uh, beatitudes and, and some would say the ninth because verse number uh, verse number ten uh, is blessed are the persecuted or blessed are they which are persecuted. Then verse eleven, blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you. Uh, so eight or nine, however you want to look at it, of the beatitudes, this is the last one, and we noticed a week or. Two ago, the paradox, how this is so uh, contrary and different from that of uh, human opinion, from that of the world's mindsets. A lot, of, a lot of folks are claiming to be peacemakers and desiring peace, uh, but it is for carnal, fleshly desires and reasons. They, what they mean is, I don't want you to bother me. I don't want you to upset me. You leave my life alone and don't bring your truth business over here to my world. That, that's why they hate the church and you better believe that they do uh, because the church is a light in this hour. The church is a beacon in this hour. The church is a broadcaster of truth to a generation that has thoroughly, uh, heavily, mightily uh, rejected the truth of the Word of God. And uh, they absolutely despise it. Uh, and when the Lord says, Blessed are they that are persecuted, uh, it is a paradox to this generation and every generation before this one and every generation after this one. Uh, last uh, Wednesday night, I spent some good time. We, we, we went through it for a good while uh, and uh, looked at the... Uh, the um, well, goodness, I, I can't, uh, or the progression. I, I went to every single one of these uh, Beatitudes and showed you how they, how they progress uh, uh, along the way uh, uh, in the life of a believer. Uh, they're all there in you if you're saved, but they are progressing and they are leading up to this. I, if if uh, you bear the marks of a Christian, uh, which is poor in spirit, mourning over sin, peacemakers all down the list. If you bear those in this world, uh, I can assure you tonight that somewhere along the line of your life, you are going to face some sort of per persecution because you bear a mark, you bear a resemblance of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope by the time we get done preaching, you can look in your life and say, some point I have experienced persecution in some sense or another for the sake of Christ. Uh, I, I, I read behind a man uh, that said uh, that really persecution is easily avoided. Uh, you can avoid it easily. And most of us, uh, most people are seeking to avoid persecution at all costs. Uh, you can do that by hiding who you are. You can do that by denouncing the truth you believe. And you can do that by compromising the truth that you believe. And if you'll do one of those three things, people will leave you alone. What they don't want is your life to reflect Christ in such a way that it brings conviction in their life. And, and some of us, the only reason why we get along with family is because every time we get around them, we hide that we know the Lord. Every time we get, go to work, we hide that we're His. You say, well, I've got to do what I've got to do to get by. Uh, that is a terrible uh, way of looking. Let Christ's righteousness 
reign in mine and your life so supremely that, that, that it, it, we're not looking to be offensive. But if it is offensive, uh, uh, truth offends, and I'd rather be on the side of truth than the side offended by truth. And especially the side that is hiding truth that it might not be uh, offensive. Uh, I want to look tonight at the promise uh, of the persecuted. Blessed are the persecuted. We've seen the paradox, the progression. Tonight I want to look at the promise. uh, And uh, it is the promise of a blessing. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Verse 11, blessed are ye. It's the promise of a blessing. uh, And it is a double one at that. Uh, Two blessings, double blessings. Blessings for uh, the persecuted. Let me give you three marks tonight or three distinctions. Well, distinction is probably not the right word because it's one of my main points. So let me give you three marks tonight that characterize persecution and what the Lord Jesus is uh, talking about here in these verses. Uh, Number one, uh, I'd I'd like to draw out or bring to your attention tonight the distinction. Of persecution. What, what, what do you mean by the distinction of persecution? Look, look in verse number 10. Uh, Blessed are they which are persecuted. Why? For righteousness' sake. Do y'all see that with me tonight? They're persecuted uh, for righteousness' sake. Now, you done got up uh, 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 from supper if you had the opportunity to eat it. Uh, you done got home from work, got a shower, changed clothes if you had the opportunity to do that, and come over here tonight. Don't sit there and not get this. I, I'm not asking you to swing from a chandelier. I'm not asking you to jump off of a pew. I'm not asking you to shout all night. But don't sit there and miss out on this truth tonight uh, because you've done come over here, make it worth your while that you come to the house of God tonight, all right? Uh, I'm going to give you Bible truth that will help you if you'll let it. The Lord makes a distinction uh, and he said that they are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Then look in verse number 11. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely. Watch this. For my sake. Now I want to emphasize those two things tonight as we draw a distinction uh, uh, of that which is being Executed, uh, that Jesus says it is for righteousness sake and it is for his sake. Uh, I, I, I draw that distinction because there are a lot of people in this world, even as we speak right now, that have been and are being persecuted, uh, but their persecution does not fall within the realm of what Christ is describing uh, as for righteousness sake and for his sake. Uh, It doesn't mean that their persecution is right. It does not mean that their persecution is merited. And sometimes it is. Uh, I remember uh, hearing years ago uh, 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 a man uh, had committed an awful act of murder against a child. Uh, And I remember hearing that when uh, he was sent to prison, uh, the prisoners found out what he had done And they had to take that man out of the prison where he was and put him in solitary because he was being persecuted by the other Christians. Now that's persecution. And I'd say rightfully so. I'd say he deserves what was coming to him. But that is not for righteousness sake. That is not for Christ's sake. There is a distinction. Tonight there are people that are being persecuted for the color of their skin and that's not, uh, and there's folks that are not that says that they are, but there's folks that literally have been. That's not merited. That's not right. But I'll say to you, that does not mean that it is for righteousness sake or for the sake of Christ. There's folks that are persecuted from the nation that they're in. Uh, every year when we go over to Albania, uh, uh, many of the neighboring countries uh, love the Albanians, but many of them hate the Albanians, and they won't let them into their country. They can't cross the borders, and you can call that persecution for no other reason other than their nationality. And that is persecution, but it is not for righteousness' sake, and it is not for Christ's sake. 
if the Lord don't come back soon, uh, a lot of red-blooded Americans are going to experience some persecution uh, from the hands of communists uh, because it's headed here quickly uh, and we see it all around us. But that does not mean that it is for righteousness' sake or for Christ's sake. Do you see the distinction tonight? We have uh, become martyrs. Uh, in the hour that we're in, we think we're persecuted and and God's going to bless us because we've got to pay higher bills than we had to pay two years ago. I don't know if you'd call that persecution or not, but I tell you, it don't mean that's for righteousness sake. And most of what Americans are complaining about, if you watch the polls, uh, they're worried about the economy uh, more than they are the abortionists. And, 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 and they're not upset about the murder of babies, but if it affects their pocket, if it affects their wallet, if it affects their bank account, then we call that, per, we call that persecution. And, if, and, and we say, all I'm trying to do is do right, and maybe that's the case, but that's not righteousness. That's not for Christ's sake. And Christ draws the distinction up. And he said, blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Uh, Jesus makes this distinction. Uh, I think about 2 Timothy chapter 3 tonight and verse number 12. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Uh, what what? persecution Christ is talking about is not your neighbor was mean to you because you parked your car on their lawn. It is not uh, that your daddy didn't treat you right, though that is unfortunate. It is not uh, that uh, you didn't get the promotion at work that you wanted, uh, though that's horrible. We hate that for you. But I tell you what persecution that he's talking about is, is those that are living godly in Christ Jesus and they are persecuted uh, at the hand of those uh, that despise the gospel, despise the word of God, and despise the things of God. We saw a glimmer of that during covid a touch of that when the churches were open. I remember one day we were having church outside uh, and I enjoyed doing that, but looking back, uh, uh, we could have just come on inside uh, and we'll know better next time, won't we? Uh, but I remember we were having church outside uh, and uh, I remember cars coming by, pulling over, taking pictures, uh, looking uh, to try to uh, hinder the work of God. Now that wasn't a whole lot of suffering, uh, but it was the beginning stages of it. Uh, I got news for you tonight. These folks a whole lot are, are folks before us who've dealt with a whole lot more than we have, folks beyond us that have, and, and, and folks around us that have. And thank God God's been good to us, uh, but suffering persecution is distinct from just everyday wear and tear and trouble and trials in this life. First uh, Peter chapter number uh, three tonight. I wrote down several verses. Uh, I, I want to read them to you. And who is he that will harm you? If you be followers of that which is good. But, and if you suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better, if the will of God be so, that you suffer for well-doing than for evildoing. Almost as if to say you're going to suffer either way. You might as well suffer for the right thing instead of the wrong thing. For Christ also once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Then 1 Peter chapter number 4. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with what, here it is again, jumping for joy, with exceeding joy. 
If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the Spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. See, there's the distinction. He said, some of you are suffering because you're a murderer. Some of you are suffering because you're a thief. Some of you are suffering because you're an evildoer. Some of you are suffering because you're a busybody. And you can't keep your nose out of anybody else's business. And it keeps coming back to bite you. uh, And you call that suffering. He said, that's not what I'm talking about. But, verse 16, Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. I want to say to you tonight, if your sin has caused suffering in your life, what a shame. Aren't you glad he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness? If your poor decisions has caused suffering, what a shame. But what Christ has in mind is that child of God who has swam upstream, gone against the grain. He has caused division in his world because of the truth he believes. And he is suffering at the name and the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible said that he ought to be exceeding glad. He ought to rejoice. He ought to be joyful because he is counted in a number that belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's easy preaching, hard living. But that is the distinction. It is persecution for righteousness' sake, and I said a moment ago, which is usually easy to escape. How we do that is we hide. We're afraid at work they're going to mock us, so we hide it. We're afraid at school, maybe even in a Christian school, that somebody's going to make fun of us because we stand for the Bible, we stand for the Word of God, we, we love the Lord, and so we hide it. We get together, family get-togethers, we hide it. We've got friends, and, and, and here we are in church tonight, and yet none of them know that about you, uh, that your life has been given to Christ because you are hiding that, because you are afraid uh, that persecution might come in your life if anybody knew who you are as a child of God is anybody hearing me tonight we hide it we denounce it you'd be surprised folks sitting in here if, 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 and maybe it happens you got cornered up somewhere at work and they said well you really believe that like that well I don't believe it just like that what you did was you said, uh, well, now, I, whatever you believe, that's what I believe. Whatever is unoffensive to you, that's what I believe. Whatever you think, that's what I think. You say, well, I believe it in my heart. I just don't think I ought to voice that. Well, that, 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 that that's how we get by uh, scot-free in this life. That's, that's, how, that's how we get by uh, without troubling the water. And the sad thing is Christians are scared to death to trouble the waters. Churches are scared to death to trouble the waters. We compromise, we hide, we denounce the truth. We compromise our very inner being, our very inner soul, what, what it is that we believe. And yet, when it is coming down to the facing of persecution of some sort, we say, well, I, 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 you know, I'll go along with you, and you go along with me, and we're all going to get there together. And you got your way, and I got my way. And you hear that all the time, even in the church world. I'm not going to talk about the Muslim religion. They've got their God. They've got their way. And I'm not going to talk about Catholicism. I mean, they're good people and they're against some things that I'm against. But I want to tell you something tonight. That's the wrong way to look at this thing. If the truth is the truth, then stand on the truth. If you believe it in your soul and it's real, then let God make a distinction in your life. Persecuted for righteousness sake. I wrote this down this afternoon and uh, underlined it and highlighted it. The world wants a church that they can approve of. The world wants a church that they can approve of. And you see them all over our nation, motivational speakers. 
uh, preachers so-called and Christians so-called that go along the same lines as the world. They are unoffensive. They are, uh, they are un, uh, 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 truthful in their message and their message is condemning though it seems so apologetic. They, they, are, they are catering to a worldly system and a worldly desire. There is pressure even in uh, uh, Burke County and Richmond County to be a church that is approved of by the world. Why do you care so much about what the world thinks about how you talk and how you dress and what you do at your Christian? Why, why, why do you care that they care that your kids go to that school over there? Why does that bother you so badly? I tell you why. It's not because you've got a problem with the school. It's because you want what you've got to be approved by your peers that don't have what you've got. We want a church where folks come and feel comfortable. They feel at ease. They feel like uh, like they fit in. I'm going to tell you something tonight. You can call it whatever you want, but you won't call it church. Because there ain't a sinner in this world ever walked into the doors of the church in their sin that fit in with the people of God until they got born again. That's what makes you fit in, being born again. You're not of the same family. You're not washed under the same blood. You don't belong to the same king until you get John 3, 3 born again. And when you do, that's what makes you fit in. We want our church to be approved by the world. And the world is looking for a church that it can approve of. That's what we want. We want that kind of church. We want that easy believism. We want that easy going. We want that easy nature. We don't want a preacher who makes us feel uncomfortable. We don't, we don't like that shouting. I'll tell you what, shouting will scare a lost person half to death. And there's a lot of religious folks, if they'd ever get born again, they might appreciate a little bit of shouting. I'm not saying you've got to do it tonight. But if it grieves you and angers you, it might be you're on the wrong side of the fence tonight. We want a, the world wants a church they can approve of. And I wrote out beside that. Uh, they want a church that they can approve of and they want a church that approves of them. They want to go to church and be... Find approval. <laughs> oh, are y'all hearing me tonight? I want to go to a church where I can, I can find purpose and meaning and placement. And, and uh, I showed up at church, somebody would say, and second Sunday there, they gave me a job. Well, they don't have discernment and good sense. Because they don't know who you are. They ain't no telling what you are. They know, I mean... You are, thank God for who you are, but they don't know who you are and they got no business putting you over the nursery. They got no business putting you uh, uh, over the things of God. They don't even know who you are. I know that comes across as, as, as honorary and rude and arrogant. But uh, man wants to do something for the Lord in the church. Go tell somebody about Christ. Anybody can do that. Man wants, to, man wants to serve the Lord. Stand up and praise God. Give Him glory. Put your tithe in the offering plate. But, but you ought not get a job the first Sunday you're there because, uh, because we need to worry about your soul, whether you've been born again uh, and in the family of God. We're not trying to have a worldly church. Uh, we're trying to have a church that's spirit-filled. Ah. Uh, the distinction. The world wants a church that they can approve of, and that approves of them. And churches want desperately to be approved by the world. They'll put it on their billboards, put it on their signs. Are you tired of that mean preaching? Are you tired of that IFB move? I get so sick and tired of hearing all them bloggers online. I don't listen to them, but people tell me about them. I, if, I, if that was all I had to do, I'd find something better to do. Read behind folks who don't have sense to get out of the rain and mad because somebody offended them 20 years ago and they need to get over their self and realize the world ain't about them. 
but they're tore out of frame all the time and, 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 they, and, and the church is catering constantly, changing everything about the church to make sure that we don't uh, offend this uh, group and this group and this group. And, and I, I want to say to you tonight, you ought to welcome anybody and everybody wants to come to the house of God. And you ought to have open doors. And if you want to come in here, God can save you and God can wash you. But we're not changing the church to fit the world. Uh, the church has been placed here that it might change the world that comes to know Christ. Well, I want a church that's all right with my drinking habits. Well, you don't have to drive far to find one. I want a church that's all right with my living against the Word of God. All right, go find you one. It's out there, close. I'd about say more than not, you'd, you'll find what you're looking for more times than not. Church scared to death. Ruffling somebody's feathers, making somebody, and it's in you. And I'll tell you something else, it's in me too. I don't like it either. It kind of gives me a knot in my stomach every time I think about something hard I say that goes online. Well, I don't know why he's putting them messages online and some of the stuff he says. You know why we're worried about that? Because you're scared to death what this world thinks about you. Are y'all hearing me tonight? The distinction of persecution. Uh, secondly tonight, let me, let me give you the description of persecution. Uh, verse, chapter number 5, verse number 10, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 11, Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely. Now, persecution uh, in Matthew 5, 11 comes in three forms. Number one, just plain old persecution. Number two, uh, uh, they revile you which is a form of persecution. Number three, they speak against you falsely, which is another form of persecution. We see the distinction is for his sake, for righteousness sake. Then we see the description, and he gives us three. Now let's look at the word persecution. Right? To be persecuted means to be harassed, to be troubled. It, the, the, the word persecute is to run after with the intent on catching. I wanna, I'm coming after you to get you, to harass you, to trouble you. And then it has this meaning to mistreat you. So there is a such thing as physical persecution. Now I, I'll be honest with you, as best I can recall tonight. I don't reckon I have ever, for Christ's sake, for, for the gospel's sake, for righteousness' sake, I don't believe I've ever been physically persecuted that I can remember. Uh, I may have come close uh, once or twice, but as far as I can remember, I, I don't think that I've ever experienced that. Maybe you have, but I can't remember that I ever have. Uh, we've not seen that much in America. Uh, we've not seen physical persecution. Uh, but tonight, across this world, there are Christians that are locked up. Tonight, across this world, there are Christians that are being held captive. They are being mistreated. They are being starved. And the reason is not their political belief. The reason is not their nationality. The reason is not the color of their skin. But they have claimed Christ and they have claimed His righteousness and they are suffering at the hands of physical persecution. And I pray that never comes to me and I pray that never comes to my children and I pray that never comes to you but that is an aspect of persecution that Christ describes when one is physically assaulted, physically harassed, physically mistreated and ran after in the, in the uh, reason of being caught and mistreated. Uh, and he said, blessed are they uh, that are persecuted. Uh, and he, it is a physical persecution. Peter, Simon Peter, 
one of the 12 disciples, one of the 12 apostles. It is believed, tradition tells, that when they went to crucify Simon Peter upon his request, he requested to be crucified upside down. Felt that he was not worthy to be crucified in the same manner as the Lord Jesus. As they put him on a cross, a Roman cross, he requested that they would turn him upside down as to show honor to his Savior. I'm not even worthy to die the death that he died. They said Andrew was crucified. The Apostle Paul uh, is believed to have been, and we know he was beheaded, they believe he was beheaded by Nero in Rome. Uh, first century Christians and Christians down through the ages uh, exiled, persecuted. John was uh, physically assaulted. The Old Testament, the last of the old, or the, 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 I'm sorry, the New Testament apostle, the last of the New Testament apostles uh, who gave us the book of John, gave us 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. They said John gave us the book of Revelation. John was uh, assaulted uh, and, uh, uh, and, 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 and persecuted and died uh, on the Isle of Patmos, surviving all of that persecution. He died in prison, died in exile, physically assaulted, physically persecuted. You can read Fox's book of martyrs and uh, you can find stories of first century Christians and Christians not just in the first century but down through the ages. They were tarred and feathered. Uh, uh, men and women that were dropped down into boiling pots of water. Uh, dropped down from their feet first and others dropped down from their head first in the boiling pots of water uh, for no other reason than the fact that they would not denounce, they would not compromise, they would not hide that they were Christians. They belonged to Christ and they thought it was the greatest honor to honor God. They thought it was the greatest honor to let others know in a world that it was contrary to God's word uh, that I believe God and I am a Christian and I want to serve God and I want the world to know. I want the boss to know. I want the slave owner to know. I want the politicians and the emperors and the empresses. I want them to know. I want my neighbor to know. My family to know that I belong to Christ. Burned alive. Burned at the stake. Stoned. Starved to death. Tied to heavy weights and cast out to sea. Beaten. Malt and ridicule, physical persecution. I, I'm not trying to even make you feel bad tonight. That men, you have not dealt with that. I want to go on record again and say, praise God, I live in a country. Praise God, I live in a society. That that's not been the issue as of yet. And I pray that it won't be. Somebody help me right there. But oh, I want to thank God tonight that there's a great big old God in heaven and He is worthy. He is worthy of you being honest and open about your belief in Him. Not hide it. First uh, Corinthians um, chapter number. Oh, let's see here. Let me find my let me find my verse tonight. I uh, I may have put the wrong verse down. Well, let me read you Second uh, Corinthians chapter or First Corinthians chapter three. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors. More abundant. Here it is. In stripes above measure. In prisons more frequent. In death oft. Of the Jews five times I received. Or five times received I forty stripes save one. Paul's telling the church at Corinth of what he's had to endure to be a Christian. That ought to put us to shame tonight. We're too afraid that somebody's going to make fun of us. We get a sniffle and can't come to church for two weeks. We get our feelings hurt and can't come for a month. Preacher didn't call us. Church member didn't call us. And we're upset for a year. We've been misdone and mistreated. Somebody will say something and step on our toes. And we say, well, I've been so hurt down at the house of God. Paul said of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, saving one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck at night and a day. I've been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, 
uh, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. He said, all of these things have come to me as a form of physical persecution. Hebrews chapter number 11 and others, verse 36, had trial of cruel mockings. That great chapter 11, the heroes of the faith. The Bible goes down through and names so many of them. And, and then it comes to verse number 36, and others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sown asunder, were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Oh, I like verse 38. Of whom the world was not worthy. I'll amen that tonight. That is a number that this world is not worthy to be counted with. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Physical persecution. Can I say this and move on? Not to belittle the things that come in your life tonight. But God help us to have the spiritual fortitude to not get unraveled and unhinged over the minute problems that come along in our life and try to define that as some sense of persecution. Because no matter how bad you've had it, in quotation marks there, for the cause of Christ, you ain't seen nothing. Is there, and I'm trying to hurry so I can finish this tonight, may not get to, but I'll quit as soon as the Lord, as soon as the Lord takes it off of me to keep preaching. I'll stop, I promise you. I want you to notice another type of persecution. We could preach all night on that physical type. I dare say none of us have experienced that. If so, it was very little, maybe, if at all. But there is another type, and that is the word in chapter number 5, verse 11, revile. It is a word that means to mock. To mock you to your face. To throw insults at. Uh, the, the, the literal word is to cast at the teeth, and it is to, it is to throw insults and mock, ridicule. If any of us and I have experienced persecution, no doubt that's probably more about what it looks like. Whatever persecution the church in America has experienced probably resembles that. The Christian's experience of our day is probably more in line with that. It is to make fun of or to mock verbal persecution. But... The Bible calls it persecution. That's amazing to me. The Lord said there's a crowd over here and they've been beaten to death and mocked and stoned and killed and spat upon and abused. And, and then there's a crowd over here and they've been mocked and laughed at and ridiculed. And he said both of them's in the same party. Why? Because it happened for righteousness sake. It happened for his sake. I can't, I can't get over there in that crowd that's been beaten and stoned and mocked. And if that was all persecution was, I'd say I, I, I've never experienced the blessedness of being, a, being one that's been persecuted. But in that reviling, in that verbal, in that verbal mockery, I know a little bit. I don't even know a whole lot about that, but I know a little bit about that. They mock you for what you do. Why do you do that? Why do you care? I know why they care. Because what you're doing is bothering them. Why does what you do bother them? 
And I'll say something to you tonight, church. You better be careful that you're not in that ridiculing crowd, ridiculing people who's got higher standards than you do. You let people dress the way they need to dress, and you let people do what they need to do for the Lord, and you let them do their thing, and you do your thing, and that'll be all right. When you go to mocking and ridicule, that says a lot about the problems with on the inside of you. Well, I, I do this, and I do that. Well, I'm a Christian, and we don't put our kids in a Christian school. More power to you. Send them wherever you want to. I don't care. Just don't bother me for what I do. Huh? Well, we're Christians, and we don't go to church on Wednesday night. Well, I don't care. Don't go to church on Sundays if you don't want to. Don't bother me. You do your own thing, man, but just leave me alone. Why are you so upset for what I'm doing? It matter about what you do. And mad about what you don't do. They'd feel real good if you'd get drunk with them. Hey, Deacons in Burke County drunk every Saturday night. I can name some of them. Every Saturday night they're drunk on the deacon board on Sunday morning. And if I, they'd hear me preaching something like that, that'd offend them, make them so mad. Well, why in the world would it make you mad? If you want to go do it, go do it. Don't get mad because I don't and I'm against it. Mocking, ridicule. Mad about what you do. Mad about what you don't do. Mad about what you believe. Mad about what you stand for. Anything that you do that is different than this world, the world is upset about. Is it not amazing in 2024, if you're on the side of abortion, you're level-headed, sane, and in your right mind, and if you're against abortion, you're hateful, you're a hate monger, you're, you're, a, you're a bigot, you're a pig, you're mean, you're rude, you're arrogant, and you're unruly to society. Oh my, I believe I've got some Bible about a generation that calls evil good and good evil. Half the church scared to death to, uh, to upset that wicked, fornicating, God-hating outfit. Well, I don't want to cause any division. You didn't. They did. You do what you want to tonight. But I tell you, it's about time God's people, I'm not talking about causing a fight or a war I'm not talking tonight about taking up arms. I'm just talking about using your words and being honest about what you believe, being proud to be a Christian, unashamed to be a Christian. If it costs you your job, that'll be all right. There's more out there. And if not, the psalmist said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. If it costs you relationships, that's all right. There's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. If it costs you money, if it costs whatever, it may be God help the church tonight uh, to under, or not to understand but God help the church to believe what they believe to the point it changes our lives walking on we're the only crowd walking on tiptoes too you notice that the devil worshippers ain't no they got the Super Bowl halftime they got the big networks they ain't, they ain't walking on no eggshells. They got MTV, all their music videos. They got the internet, and they got that stuff out there everywhere, and they're blatant about it, and, and the church is just scared to death we're going to offend one of them crazy demon-possessed outfits. Well, I would get saved. And if they do make fun of you, you might be able to go home and say, whoop, I just got put in a number that I didn't belong in. I just got put in a crowd that I ain't never been in. That crowd that's been persecuted for righteousness' sake. That crowd that's been persecuted for Christ's sake. Here's the third. We're trying to hurry. Here's the third persecution. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you. And here it is. Shall say all manner of evil against you falsely. False accusations. Let's say stuff about you that's just not true. 
I've had that. I've literally run into people at gas stations before and introduced myself, and they say, oh, I've heard about you. And I said, you have? I said, well, don't believe everything you heard. I said, well, it come from a good source. I said, well, praise God, believe it, I guess. I don't know what to tell you. They say stuff about you, it's not so. You say, uh, I believe in discipline our children. They'll say, child abuser. That's not true. You've got Bible for that, don't you? Tramp a child away to go and he's old not depart from it. Spare the rod, hate Deliver his soul from hell. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I thought we still believe in the Bible, not the bloggist. You got a Bible, not a blogster, don't you? Huh? You got your nose in his book, not Facebook. Everybody on Facebook's got an opinion. I don't care about their opinion on Facebook. I got his book, and I hear what he has to say about it. And he said, if I don't train my child, don't win my child, when they need it, in a proper manner, it's really child abuse, because I won't deliver his soul from hell. Did you take a stand on that in this generation, in that wicked, crazy outfit that wants to turn your boy into a girl? They're worried about you whipping their backside with a little paddle or a little belt. They want to, dis- they want to distort them and turn a boy into a girl and, and mess up their mind and their body. They ain't got no problem with that. Oh, I'm preaching tonight. Need to quit, probably. Ain't got no problem mutilating your little girl. You just better not get a hickory. You're an abuser. They'll take them down to a doctor, put them under a knife, and put them under a medicine, and, and, and mutilate them. And when they wake up, they won't be what God made them. They're all right. They, they don't mind showing them perversion when they're three years old. They don't, like, they don't mind changing the natural use of a man and a woman and turning that around. They're all right with that. Robbing their mind, robbing their soul, robbing their spirit. They don't mind them being demon-possessed, drug-addicted, hooked on everything under the sun, out of their mind, hooked to some medicine as a four-year-old. You better not take a stand on the Word of God. We're going to discipline our children. You're an abuser. Falsely accused persecution. I just don't know if I want to whip my kids. I'm, I'm afraid they're going to... We're going to believe the Bible tonight? There's some folks that have taken that the wrong way and they've taken that too far and they need to be whipped too. There's a Bible way to do that. You say something like, I believe the husband's the head of the home. Woman hater, bigot, sexist. I just said I believe the Bible. We got churches today, they're riled up about that. The churches don't even believe the Bible no more. You go preach that in the average Baptist church in Burke County. I'm not trying to pick on our county, but you go find the average Baptist church in our county or the next three counties over or all across this world or this country and they'll be plumb fighting mad. They'll, they'll, they'll rustle up like a bunch of mad, wet hens. Oh, I'm in preaching mode now. I'm sorry, I just believe the Bible. The Bible said... I don't care what the Bible says. You, you bigot. Falsely accused. I'm not a bigot. I just believe the Bible. Talking about this wife submitting yourself. My body, my choice. I do what I want. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go cut that baby out of my belly. I don't need no permission. Oh, there's a hot place in hell tonight. And I don't say that in a funny way. I don't want nobody to go to hell, but there's a hot place in hell for somebody that would rip a baby out of their unrepentant and then, and, and, then, and then mocking the things of God. I understand a sinner who didn't know no better. I understand a sinner who, who, who was in a trouble and in a mess and didn't know no better. But this crowd that's proud about it, marching up and down the streets, arrogant about it in your face. And not only do they want to do that to theirs, they want to do it to yours. And they won't rest until they can do it to everybody. Honey, I'm going to tell you something. There's some things that are awful offensive to the Word of God. Say something like, I believe marriage between a man and a woman. 
That's hate speech. We're going to lock you up, you hater. Oh, I just believe the Bible. I believe that'll ruin your life. And God wants you to have a life worth living. Hate speech. I believe marital relations outside of marriage is sin. It's fornication, adultery. Oh, you're just self-righteous. Why don't you just live and let live? Am I talking to anybody hearing me tonight? Why don't you live and let live? Leave folks alone. You're outdated, old-fashioned. This ain't 1922. It's 2024. Get on with the times, man. People move in together without being married. You got to try the car out before you own it, before you buy it. Honey, I'm telling you something tonight. You call it whatever you want to. It was sin then, it's sin now, because the Word of God said so. It's the only stance we have, not my opinion or yours, but thus saith the Lord. Say, I believe abortion is murder. You don't like women. You're an authoritarian. You're a rights denier. You don't believe in the Constitution. <laughs> Actually, pretty sure the Constitution protects the rights to live. All men are created equal. Well, who gives you the right to take my life? Well, I've been preaching too long, Anna. An inscription of persecution. I'd say to you lastly, I won't preach it tonight. There's the delight of persecution. Blessed, verse 10. Blessed, verse 12. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. Great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. The delight of persecution. Verse 10, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. See, if it comes physical, if it's verbal, if it's false accusation, they said you're blessed. I tell you why, because you got heaven's resources. There's something about tonight. I don't know how to explain it, and I don't know if I understand it. Pretty sure I don't. But when you stand in that opposition against the grain, and heaven smiles down on you, and your soul, and says, you did that for me. I'm not talking about running into Walmart trying to cause a scene. I'm talking about just standing for what you believe. And all of heaven's resources come to show up Assurance and faith and peace and joy and happiness. Why why do you reckon they can be persecuted and jump for joy? Because something showed up. No, let's take that one back. Somebody showed up. (laughs) You sit there at the work lunch table. You bow your head to pray, and you know, you know what it's going to do. You're not trying to belittle them. You just bow your head quietly and pray, and you look up. They say, oh, there's old holy roller. Oh, there's old so-and-so, and they mock you. And mock. But, oh, about that time, the Lord shows up and says, well, I appreciate you bowing your head and praying. The delight of the, persecute, of the persecuted is because they have heaven's resources. It's because they have heaven's rewards. I'll read you some verses and we'll close. Mark 10. Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel's. But he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time. Houses, brethren, sisters, mothers, and children, and lands with persecutions. And in the world to come, eternal life. Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be weary, faint. In your minds. 
tell you something tonight. There's blessings right here and now. And they may not come in the source of things. You may lose that house, that land, that car, that job. But heaven's resources will fill your heart with assurance, and joy, and peace. But there's a millennial rain coming. And there's an eternity after that coming. And he said, you won't leave anything or lose anything for my sake or the gospel's sake that I won't restore a hundredfold. Missionary, you answer the call to go. You say, look what I'm leaving. And the Lord said, you just can't see. Your life's only like 75 years if you're lucky. If, I say lucky. If you're blessed and a little bit more than that, maybe you can only see 75 years. You can't, you can't see eternity. All that stuff you lost. If you could see what I see over on the other side. If you could see the millennial reign. If you could see eternity. All that you gave up. All that you let go. All that you went through. All that you endured is minute. It is little in the eyes of God with what he knows about what is coming. You got heaven's resources, heaven's rewards. Let me say this. I know I've preached long. Somebody said, well, we don't do what we do for rewards, don't we? Hebrews 12, 2, who for the joy set before him. God said, I got something before you, Lord Jesus, if you go to the cross. And he did it for the joy. 1 Corinthians 3, we're headed to the judgment seat where the rewards are passed out. The Lord said, why don't you do it for relationship? You just cause you love me. And then I'll give you some rewards. I'll give you some reward incentives. I'll close. Hebrews 11. I read it to you. I'll read it one more time. If I can find it. And others... We have heaven's resources. That's why we can delight in persecution. We have heaven's rewards. That's why we can delight in persecution. We have heaven's ranks. Hebrews 11. And others had a trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. Come on to the piano. They were stoned. They were sown asunder. Were tempted. Were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. First, or Matthew chapter 5, verse 12. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for greater is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. The Lord said you might go through some physical persecution. You might be mocked for what you believe. You might be falsely accused. He said, but all you'll do is join ranks with them who endured such affliction that they might but please Christ. I wonder why or not a persecuted man can rejoice because he's got heaven's resources. He's got heaven's rewards and he's just made heaven's ranks of prophets and martyrs and the greatest of all, he who knew no sin became sin. The Lord Jesus crucified and made the ranks of Christ. I remember years ago I had a horse. I had horses. But I remember first time I'd ever been thrown off of one. I wanted to be a cowboy so bad. And we rode, and all the horses pretty gentle. I remember one time we was heading back to the barn, and I was kind of in a little gallop. Closer we got in the barn, that old, that old mare, she was barn sour. We got to the barn, and I wasn't going to the barn. I was going to keep on going, and she wanted to go to the barn. And so she went to kicking and bucking. 
threw me up in the air and I come down and landed on my feet and fell over and got up, threw my cowboy hat and said, well, I'm one now. I'm a cowboy now. And I've been thrown many times after that and it wasn't all quite as fun. But I tell you what, in my heart that did, it cemented. You can't be a cowboy until you've been thrown from a horse. I am one now. Now, I'm not telling you to go look for persecution. I'm not telling you to go look for a conflict. But if they make fun of you, find somewhere to say, Lord, I'm not worthy to be mocked for your sake. But I'm glad I got to get in on it. Does that make sense to anybody tonight? I know I've preached long. A fourth century Christian preached so hard against sin that he offended the emperor and the empress and even the church officials. The emperor summoned, summoned him and said, if you don't stop preaching against sin, I'll banish you. To that, the Christian replied, you cannot banish me. This world belongs to my father. The emperor said, all right, then I'll slay you. He said, you cannot slay me either, for my life is hid with Christ in God. All right, well, I'll confiscate your worldly treasures and goods. He said, you cannot do that either, for they are in heaven where thief cannot break through and steal. He said, well, then I'll drive you away from mankind and your friends. He said, that may be what you decide, but you cannot do that either. For I have a friend that sticketh closer than a brother who promised I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. The story went on to say he was banished and on his way to exile he died. But the things that he valued the most, the emperor never could take away. Lord, I love you tonight. I preached long and I pray, God, that we'd got that truth, that we'd get this truth. I don't know much about it, but if it comes, may I not hide? May I not denounce? May I not compromise? I pray in Christ's name. She's going to sing. Would somebody, would anybody want to come pray tonight before we dismiss?